Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. In this episode, I'm in conversation with B. Tyagarajan, known as Raja, who's a senior management executive and chief operating officer with nearly four decades of experience in the IT industry involving international and multicultural environments. He shares his story, including points related to how his uncle and brother were influential in him getting into software after doing an MS in management, about being part of a team that started a company and being an entrepreneur without knowing it. Some of the pioneering work that he and his team had done in the IT industry by having an approach of creating tools to improve development productivity or products to solve customer problems. And in doing that, how they had to use innovative techniques to create solutions long before others, as well as when there were no standards to do some of these things. Talks about running a company that offered both professional services as well as products. And his own transition from a developer to playing more managerial roles and some of the lessons learned in being an entrepreneur. He also talks about balancing and prioritizing requests from various users and having a process to build the solution in an evolutionary manner. We also talk briefly about the ways in which software development has changed over the years. And finally, what it takes for someone to shift from a service or a project mindset to a product mindset. Listen on. Hi, Raja. Welcome to the Software People Stories. Oh, thank you, Chef. Sure, it's going to be an exciting discussion with you. Yeah, thank you for uh, having me. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I am also looking forward to this. We've known each other for a long time. And now I've always admired some of the things that you used to do long back. We can start with you sharing your story. You know, how you got into IT? I mean, I did my MS in IIT Madras. My uncle uh, used to uh, teach in IIT Madras. He was, uh, he was in computer science. Kind of. My brother was also a computer science person, elder brother. So he was working in, in software elsewhere. Kind of. I, I, I got influenced that, yeah, I need to get into uh, software. And this was, this was 1985 when software was still pretty new. So even though I did the MS in management, my thesis work was more related to computer science, something related to a combination of management and computer science, okay? And so uh, once I finished that, my uncle who was teaching actually came out and uh, started his own company. So he asked me to come and join him and then I just joined. So <laughs> I didn't even know that I was actually getting into some kind of an entrepreneurship at that point of time. I just went there as a techie to learn things on how to build systems and uh, implement systems for customers and all this. That's how I actually went in, right? Uh, so 1985-86 is when we started this whole thing. I started working for this uh, uh, company. Over a period of time, the initial, of course, almost, I would say about 15 to 18 years, uh, was involved in quite a lot of uh, development work. Because all three of us were kind of uh, tricky. Myself, my uncle, my brother, all of them. Because he used to teach uh, computer science. My brother was actually a developer and he used to develop our systems. We were all techies and excited by technology and what it can do and all that. So we were involved in quite a few uh, 
uh, product development right at the uh, beginning, 87, 88 time frame. Either these are products or these were tools that we can actually uh, in, that improve your productivity, that make your uh, job of developing some systems easier, those kind of things. Uh, looking back, uh, some of the things that we did at that point of time have all been now become standards, actually. <laughs> uh, for example, we developed something uh, called an at language where you know multiple formats of documents like you have WordStar, you have WordPerfect, you have Excel, you have DBase, you have so many other things. They've all you know to actually look at them in a common platform. We developed a viewer which basically understands what is called an at language. So we had a converter which each of these uh, formats would uh, convert them into an at language and this viewer would actually display that. Later on, of course, if you had, if you had continued to work on that, it could even have become an HTML, actually. <laughs> no, some such, such things, actually. I mean, you look back and uh, uh, think about all that, you know, you really feel nice. You know, you did think about a lot of things, which later on became uh, kind of standards. So th there were quite a few uh, that we did at that point of time. So the, while on one side, we were actually developing these products, there were also a lot of systems that we were actually developing for some of the large companies. I mean, you talked about Airlines, we did actually do some serious work for uh, uh, airlines. So this was in coordination with one of our partners in Denmark. And uh, we did some big time uh, development in aircraft maintenance. Subsequently, that went on to become, no, I trigger something like a, a BPM, business process management. At that time, we used to only call it as a workflow system. And subsequently, it actually became what is called as a BPM now, right? So we were one of the very early uh, companies to uh, venture into uh, document management and workflow uh, systems. And we were more or less seen as pioneers in this area as far as India is concerned. That was way back in 88, 89, 90. And so it, it was very interesting actually, we started getting into that and it still continues. Our company uh, had uh, uh, two lines of business. One is the services, which is a classic, uh, you know, you, you do a development, uh, turnkey development for our customers. That is, uh, that is one aspect. The other aspect is actually go and implement develop your products and implement it for your, uh, your customers. Today we have, we are still, we have, while the services business has kind of wound down and then we have merged with another company, the product development company still runs. We have, the, we, uh, we do have the uh, BPM product still uh, running, but it has taken a different shape altogether now because of the cloud and uh, you know, all those uh, PaaS and SaaS and all that, it's taken a completely different route now. So it still runs, we still are, actually uh, 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 helping the customers implement that. Now the very large customers are using it now, even today. So over a period of time, of course, uh, till about 2000, 2005, 2003, 2002, I was actually involved in a lot of these development uh, work. So subsequently, because of uh, requirements of the company, I moved into more management strategies, administration, those kind of, uh, of course, one of the important aspects of our company was the getting involved in uh, process. At that point, today, of course, everything is agile. Right, everybody wants to do agile, so nobody really cares too much about your uh, CMM or uh, ISO or whatever. But those days, those were requirements, and so we had to actually get into those and uh, make sure that you know we get uh, assessed at certain level as far as CMM is concerned, keep our ISO going. So I was involved in all those kind of uh, things uh, beyond a stage. This is on the software front, even on the other uh, support uh, activities like the HR and the finance and all that. I was involved in actually setting up the process and making sure that those things are all taken care of actually. So, so it, was, it was quite a journey. You, you learn a lot of things uh, as you go along. Uh, while there are a lot of these uh, good things that you want to remember, there are certain things that really put us back as well. Growth is one of the, one of the key factors, you know, especially at that point of time, we were actually considered to be five years behind in process. 
So Infosys started around in 1980-81, and we started sometime in 85. And till about 95, we were actually five years behind in all aspects, including the revenue, revenue actually. <laughs> so, um, so it was very exciting at that point of time to actually dream big. Yes, we can actually become another Infosys. That's how it all started. But unfortunately, you know, there are certain things that didn't work out or maybe the, 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 the things that we did, uh, which were, uh, you know, looking back now, you know, we know we could have done it differently, right? For example, one of the aspects that we did is we diluted pretty too, too fast, mm -hmm. uh, brought in too many uh, shareholders into the company, which mm -hmm. we should have avoided. We should not have done that because we have then pulled in different directions because they all, they all have a limited period interest. Right, two years, five years, maybe, and then they want to get out. Right, so there, there is, there is always a problem there. So we, I think, we made a mistake of uh, diluting our uh, company uh, too soon, uh, too quickly, actually. So I think that was one of the mistakes that we made. The second mistake also, we didn't know which company we need to really look up as mentors or look up to and say, okay, I want to become this. So Infosys is one company, of course, everybody look up, looks up to Infosys, but our size somebody who is growing at a reasonably high rate. So you look at some companies and then say, okay, I want to actually become like that. We looked up to some of the wrong companies, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what happened is basically, you know, when you, when you look at their history, you now how they grew and all that. Later on, you find, I mean, uh, you, I'm sure you must have heard of law, those, those, areas, those the times when the uh, laws were still not very uh, tight. The SCPI was still trying to uh, put things under... Uh, uh, some kind of an umbrella control. There are a lot of loopholes and people, um, some of the companies, they, they seem to have actually exploited all these loopholes and then said, okay, I, I'm actually 100 crores, 200 crores, 2000 crores, whatever, I know. <laughs> In reality, they're not that. Yeah. But uh, we didn't know all that. So mm. we were thinking, I mean, we should really become like that. No, those were some of the things I think uh, which really put, a, put us uh, back. It's really important for you to really you know, identify whom you want to follow, and make sure that you know you you have your own individuality also and you know, ensure that you know you you want to do you do what you want to do and achieve what you want to but of course you need to look up to certain uh, certain individuals certain companies to uh, you know take the step because they have succeeded right so this is something so there are few things that we actually faltered in those areas basically so that put us into uh, certain difficulties and because of that we had to do certain things and now like i said because we also diluted too soon there are a lot of pressure from the uh, shareholders as well. So mm -hmm. those are things that actually, uh, you know, pull you back. You know, while you want to actually move forward, there are things that actually, you know, pull you back. I wish I could actually learn all, all the lessons that I learned in these. Uh, I'm able to implement somewhere else now and uh, make it more smoother. But uh, I don't think uh, <laughs> I'm in a, at a situation now where I could actually do that. Yeah, very, very interesting journey. Uh, just to respond to the last one, I think you can still mentor others. <laughs> Starting out now, I think when the, at the time when you started, I think the term startup was also not popular or not fashionable. I would say yeah. it was there. Nowadays, everybody wants to be called as a startup. And of one course, of the reasons why one of the reasons why I'm uh, I'm kind of still employable is because of all the experience that I've gone and uh, I've, I've had. And you uh, know, people like you said, man, I won't say mentoring really. I mean, uh, I'm sure there are people uh, who are uh, who have their own ways of doing things and there are there are various sources from there they can actually learn things but of course my my experience is important and that's one of the reasons why i'm actually working with this company now and trying to help them uh, you know, run this offshore that's definitely that the current uh, 
promoter is also kind of uh, uh, interested in some product development as well. So some of the difficulties that I've faced because we have services and products together, I think that, that is one of the biggest lessons I have learned that you don't have products and uh, services uh, in the same company. I think that is uh, that actually does, doesn't give you a, a clear indication of how these two are doing because you always mix it up and you al always have a, a not a very uh, optimized source allocation in terms of what you want to do, uh, how you want to sell these uh, services and products. There's always a problem there. So uh, I think that, that is one of the important uh, lessons that I learned that you don't have uh, product uh, activities and services activities together in the same company. You need to really separate them and have them uh, uh, handle them separately. I think that is one of the reasons, one of the lessons that I've learned. Because so, as a services company, we have done very well. I know that you know we have, we have had uh, good success in services, but because it was actually you know, product has its own uh, its own uh, way to uh, uh, monetize, its own its own way of selling the market. So to mix the two, it, it becomes a major problem for us. I think that is one of the reasons. So if, suppose the, the current promoter is also interested in actually products. But then at least in that experience, I can actually uh, make sure that now it's, it's uh, translated to the current promoter. Yeah, in fact, you preempted one of my questions saying, now, how do you balance this tussle inside the company between product and service? It's, a, it's, a, it's a massive mistake, actually. I think it's a massive mistake because uh, one is uh, the money that you make in services, you actually uh, try to uh, invest in the product. And the product has its gestation period, which is its own gestation period. So you invest one, two, three, four years there. All the money that you make here, you actually take it there. You are not able to grow uh, your services because then there's not money available in the services. Uh, there's no reserves available here for you to grow the services as well. So it kind of becomes a uh, cash ready to a situation. Uh, you don't know what to do there. So you deal with products separately, have its own investments uh, uh, coming in. And uh, no, even selling is different. I mean, it's not the same. Uh, how you sell your products is different from how you sell your services. And so uh, you can't have the the... The, the two were teams uh, mixed uh, because of that. So I think that was a big mistake that we made. Uh, and the, now, uh, we are, the temperament of the teams also, the team members, I've seen some places where there's a lot of tension saying that- it, 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 <laughs> Yeah, it's a major problem, especially if the, if the, if the product is not earning revenue, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now the services people will always have that mentality saying, I'm actually funding them. My mm -hmm. time, I am earning and then I am actually paying the salaries for the uh, product development team. Yeah. <laughs> That's a major, major issue actually. So all your HR is a problem. Now I need to make sure that my services people are, you know, they have a career path. Right? Mm -hmm. And if I have the same career path there in, uh, in the product, then it becomes a different uh, uh, problem because there's always a friction there as well. Uh, why is he getting a promotion? Why is he getting an increment? And all kinds of things, actually. You know? <laughs> so it becomes a, yeah, it is a, it's a major problem. Yeah, stepping back a little bit on the product side, in fact, that was also one thing that I wanted to talk about, which you mentioned. You're probably among one of the, I would say, pioneers in the, at least the Indian industry, very early on, deciding to develop products or product-based solutions. Imaging. I mean, we were considered actually in the document management and workflow uh, area. We were actually considered as uh, uh, the pioneers. Uh, not very, very many people locally. Of course, you had uh, large companies like IBM and Oracle. They had their own suit of product. But in India, I think we were very early into the game. Actually, I mean, it, it was successful. We had quite a few uh, uh, implementations uh, going. Some of the customers, even today, they use the 
the existing version of the product now. Mm -hmm. uh, so the product now is completely different, complete. I mean, uh, if the current uh, person who is managing the product development, he comes to know that uh, uh, you're calling it as the new version of the old product, then he'll be actually livid <laughs> because he knows how, how much effort he has put into actually make it uh, what it is today. So, but yeah, that's, but the customer reminds, the same customer actually uses it. So they have graduated into the newer uh, version now. So that's, that's very exciting, very nice to see all that actually. Yeah. So how did it all start? And was it something that you felt that this is a solution or this is a problem that needs to be solved? Or is this based on different requirements that you had to service and thought that you could probably generalize or abstract it? Now, how did this whole evolution or becoming a product happen? See, yeah, it's, uh, I think, again, like I said before, uh, now the, 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 we are basically techies. Uh, so what excites us is the technology. Uh, that, that's how it started. In fact, I'll just give you an example. One of the Indian companies had um, a huge amount of code uh, in a language called CTL1. It is basically a subset of PL1. Okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, CTL1 was something which was actually uh, dying down at that point of time as well. That was in 1986, 87. Mm -hmm. And uh, they came to us and said, uh, can you help uh, in converting all the CTL1 code to C? Mm -hmm. right? At that time, C was the major thing actually. So, I mean, one approach we could have taken is just go through the code, uh, rewrite everything saying, okay, this is the C code and uh, just keep on doing it. Every function you take and then try to come up with something. Of course, the CPL1 was a more, more uh, complicated language. For example, you have something called a sub-function, right? You can call the same function, but it actually gets executed from somewhere in between the, uh, the function, not at the, from the top, top line. <laughs> so th those kind of complications were there in, uh, in the language actually. So we decided, okay, let's not actually go through a, a process of a arduous process of actually going and coding everything again. So we developed a, a converter, a CPL1 converter, CPL1 to C converter. So which basically takes the input of a, a, a CPL1 code and then generates the C, C code actually. Okay. So that was a, that was a very so our our mentality was product mentality. Uh, anything that you want is to be generally generated. So the same thing we actually used it for Fortran to C. Uh, in fact, a government organization came to us and said, we want to convert a lot of Fortran code to C code. <laughs> so we kind of use the same thing almost, except that the, the input language is different here. So we had to just do that part alone for Fortran and then make it uh, migrate it to uh, C. Okay. So that we did actually. So, so our, our, our general tendency was uh, uh, to make something generic. So very similarly, one of the customers came and said they want to... Uh, this is actually for uh, uh, investigation, crime. So it was, again, obviously uh, something to do with government. So they wanted to store all their uh, documents related to various crimes and uh, investigations and all that and be able to uh, access them even to the extent that they can actually present these as evidences in the court so that they don't need to really uh, uh, take the originals with them because originals could actually get uh, lost. Somebody might steal them. Well, ultimately, the originals have to be shown for uh, at that point of time, at least after the judgment is uh, uh, given, maybe or just before the judgment is given, they are they are supposed to go and show the originals. But until then, they can always do with the uh, electronic format, right? So they came and said, "Why don't you develop something for us?" So then we said, "Okay, why not? Why not the same thought again? Why uh, go through uh, just a, a simple database and say, okay, I will just store all the documents and allow them to?" Uh, so we said, "Okay, let's develop a document management system because at that time, paperless office was." considered as a, as a luxury, right? Everybody wanted to go for paperless office, right? So that is when, that's how it started actually. So we developed something which, which could have been, which, which, which can be generic 
and uh, can be uh, implemented, can be used in multiple situations. We implemented this for them, but then we, we developed it in such a way that it can be a product. And so, you know, go and uh, implement it for uh, multiple, in fact, some of, one of the uh, very early stages, of, obviously at that point of time, we didn't have all these test cases and quality and process and all that. The developers basically develop and test it, right? So uh, we developed it in our, uh, in our local area network. So we developed everything there, everything was working all right. And then we, we, we got an order from one of the automotive companies in Pune. So we went there and implemented it. The first day, first uh, execution, it would never start. So oh. I was just wondering what happened. It, it would never come up, actually. Mm -hmm. So I was just wondering what was happening. So, uh, but I, I knew there was something wrong that's happening. So I immediately rebooted the system. I didn't want to, want to uh, take, take longer because I don't know, maybe it's actually going and cracking the uh, disk. I don't know what was happening. So I just rebooted the whole thing. Then when I went in and saw the uh, debug the code, the difference was in the network, you don't get the dot and dot dot. And when you look at your, look at your uh, the directory, you don't get dot and dot dot, right? Whereas when, you, when it's an individual desktop, you get this dot and dot dot. So what happened is there's a temporary directory that we create. So every time the system actually starts, it first goes to the temporary directory, it deletes all the files, right? So it reads everything. All the files are deleted. If there is a directory, it will actually change directory there and then delete everything. Say so dot dot would actually go to the previous directory. <laughs> Started deleting all the files there. Uh, so it was, it was a mess actually. So I mean, things were, it, it was interesting actually, you know, we, you, you find such things happening and you know, it's a way how the, uh, the product actually uh, evolved for a period of time at that point of time. So that was, yeah, so that, that's how it actually started. So uh, we, we designed it in such a way that it has, it has to be a product because our mentality is basically product mentality. We want to do something which is, uh, which is more product. It helped uh, in a way initially, but then subsequently we should have actually thought of uh, a different way of exploiting it, which we didn't. I think that is where we failed. Like. Yeah, this is one of the most frequently quoted the situations when you talk about DevOps, saying the developer says works on my machine. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen here. I'm not getting that error, right? <laughs> so the next related question is uh, deciding on, let's say the feature set, or kind of a roadmap when you say product, when you have requests from different customers, different priorities, uh, how do you normally prioritize or how do you sequence and take things up? Of course, those days, uh, we didn't have a, a release plan. We wouldn't say that once every quarter or every once, once every month, I will actually release a version of the product. It was not that way actually, or until we actually started looking at process as a uh, as, a, as, a, as an important aspect of running your business. Until then, uh, it was it was not there uh, as part of our operations. That you know, every uh, once in every six months or every three months, I actually release a version. In case there are any uh, serious uh, problems, then you just release a patch or something like that. It was not there until then. So every time a customer comes and says, "I have a problem," uh, then it actually becomes a new version. <laughs> or every time a customer comes and says, I need this particular feature, but all I want to use the system, then it becomes a new version. That's how it was until we actually went into a, a process mode, right? Once we had the process mode, of course, uh, it was different. We used to get, obviously, we have a mechanism to collect all the uh, requirements. Our salespeople go out and uh, talk to uh, prospects, even they, our customer support people talk to uh, the customers uh, who are using it, their problems. So that's a, then it becomes a normal process of actually get, getting all these, uh, accumulating all these features, uh, new requests and issues, 
and then try to schedule your uh, uh, releases as uh, based on that actually so in in most cases where the sales is actually sales is the, the um, important aspect because once the customer is a customer then you can <laughs> you can always say okay i can actually they can wait until the next uh, release but a customer will not become a customer if you do if he doesn't see something next day right <laughs> it is always a problem so we used to have some uh, some cool ways of uh, getting things done and then showing it to him but then we actually make sure that no uh, it is it is becomes a part of the main product uh, uh, at a later stage actually so uh, that's how it is and uh, uh, we did when we were initially it was developed using uh, the c and windows uh, uh, development wind the, the sdk windows sdk and all that then later on we actually moved it to uh, visual c++ so we we kind of had that kind of a, a roadmap as well so from a technology point of view also we kind of caught up with what was whatever was the latest and try to get in uh, there and then there was one situation where we said the product has to be completely revamped and that is when the current version of the product actually uh, started so the, the, the revamp is when we said okay this has to now become a part of a standard we need to look at standard there are bpm bpl standards they are all there now now until then we didn't have any we were not really looking at any standards how the documents are stored how the uh, uh, the the, uh, the collaboration happens among different people uh, what data you actually uh, uh, pass how it actually integrates with an external system all that was not uh, I thought of as a, it was there, but not following any particular standard, right? XML or whatever. I mean, at that point of time, whatever was there, we didn't actually have all that. But when we decided to actually uh, revamp the entire product, we actually took care of all that, basically. So that is how. That is the reason why we had to really do a revamp of the entire product, and then uh, went for a, a completely new technology, new ideas, new architecture of the system, basically. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. In fact, I liked uh, when you mentioned that you know once you have a customer, and you know, if they are able to accept you know, some various yeah. plans and all that, that is actually a very strong customer relationship, Absolutely. and they also become partners in your development. Absolutely, yeah. In that correct. situation, how important is it? And then, if it is, and you know, how do you actually create this culture? of understanding and empathizing with the customer in your entire team because it is not only the sales people or the leaders absolutely you are right uh, uh, in fact the uh, early stage i mean i was one of the three developers of the product actually right and uh, uh, so initially there are there are, i would say there are two 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 stages the first stage is the stabilizing stage when there are a lot of issues with the product and then like i said i mean i like i gave an example before right now uh, uh, i have to actually get involved right right there i used to visit all the customers if they are facing any problems i wouldn't just leave it to somebody else to just take a look and see what is happening i used to actually go uh, hopping customer hopping trying to understand what the problem is trying to diagnose the problem and then sorting it sort it out for them so it was it was uh, attention that was given right from the top to the customers okay subsequently of course uh, we developed lot of tools that will help us in uh, diagnosing the problem making sure that the customer is uh, is able to you know, at least transmit things in a way that will help us diagnose the problem and there are a lot of uh, uh, tools that we actually develop that will uh, uh, those those days of course you know there are no today what you have what you see in oracle and uh, you know sql server and the kind of things that you have those days we didn't have all those tools now today uh, those so we actually developed some of those tools to make, to to give us an uh, understanding of the internals of the uh, usage in terms of how the database is whether there is any uh, break 
within the database, all that. Or even, for example, the, the, there is to be a debug version of the product. So you actually go and make a small change in the settings, then it suddenly gets into a debug mode, and then it actually throws up a lot of logs and uh, all of that, which basically is transmitted to the uh, uh, to us. And we are able to look at those and then give them solutions. Right? Of course, it was tough because there was no no internet, no nothing. So we had to physically go and do certain things. If at all we need to get a dump, we need to go there physically and get it, or they need to courier it to us, or we need to basically courier to them. So all those were uh, tough things, but we kind of yeah, managed uh, through whatever we can do at that point of time. We were able to do. Yeah, this reminds me of probably what I studied in computer science and data structures, algorithms, and then trying to <laughs> yeah. debug with you know, dump system dumps and trying to... Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Hex dump, hex dump was one of the very important <laughs> tools those days, actually, <laughs> that will help us to identify anything. Now, what is the, what is the format of WordPerfect file? I used to use the hex dump and find out. <laughs> yeah. so, very interesting. From there, you know, today, you also mentioned Agile. Now, everybody wants results very quickly. And right from the customers to the developers, and also this urgency that you find in startups, saying that we have to release something, the MVP. Immediate, yeah. Uh, I still haven't understood why should it always be minimum viable product? I mean, it should still be a viable product. Viable product, okay. <laughs> I understand. So, are you seeing any changes in terms of, say, how software is being developed? both in terms of the complexity, because nowadays it's probably more of an ecosystem that you tie into when I mean, you don't develop everything yourself. Two, the other side of, earlier there used to be these light bulb kind of jokes saying that now how many software engineers do you need to change a light bulb? And I say always two, because one will quit in the middle of the project. So that kind of handling attrition, et cetera, but still assuring the services to your customers. Do you see any changes in terms of how the industry has evolved? Definitely it has changed. There are a number of factors which has actually enabled the change. One is, of course, uh, uh, what you see today is the technology itself. Now, you, you, you talk about most of the development happens in past, right? The, the, the platform uh, platforms like Salesforce or ServiceNow or uh, uh, any of those things, right? And that's how we are, we are moving now into those kind of uh, situations, right? So that is, that is definitely that has, that has helped, that has changed the way you actually approach your development. Because a lot of things are taken away by the, by, by the, the platform that you're using uh, today. A lot of things are, a lot of things happen there in terms of uh, your architecting, in terms of your design, how things are actually done. Uh, everything is done there, right? The second, of course, is uh, it, it's an unfortunate thing, actually. Google... If you go to Google and then search for something, then you definitely get something, right? You have a problem, you want a solution, uh, you, you describe your problem in some way, uh, you will definitely get a solution there. But the, the issue, of course, is today's uh, uh, developers is they just take the solution, they try to implement it as is, without really bothering to uh, adapt it to what you want. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that really causes a lot of uh, uh, issues uh, today. So the problem is more there. In terms of uh, how they understand, how the developers understand customer requirements, the system, uh, the, the way the system has to behave, and whether it is holistic in all in, in all aspects, they don't they, they refuse to actually look at that and uh, just take it and then try to implement it and then it works because they, there is always a positive test case that you put there and then it works. But the moment there is something which is different, you know, something which is not expected by the code, 
it actually fails, right? And then uh, uh, when it happens in production or when it happens when, it, when the customer is looking at it, it becomes an embarrassment for the, the, the company team. So there are, there are certain aspects, there are challenges which are different today. You need to basically, uh, uh, so it's, it's no longer the process. Process is taken away by all those Jiras and uh, uh, no, the, 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 the tools, uh, the, the J meters and uh, whatever, tests and all, the, all those things integrated and your DevOps, obviously, all that is actually, uh, uh, so the, the process itself is not a major issue these days because they all go for agile and then it's all one month, two weeks, one month cycle that you work about. So, but to actually come up with what you want in those two weeks or uh, four weeks is, is a big challenge actually. And for developers to understand that and do it is again a bigger challenge than that. So I think that there are, there are different kinds of challenges, but yes, there are challenges. Uh, how you handle, handle those things uh, today, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I didn't realize how long we've been talking. I will ask one of my favorite questions that I like to conclude our conversations with, but with a slightly different twist. For either individual contributors or managers mm -hmm. who have been in the service side of business, if they are looking at, say, switching over to a product company or a startup, mm -hmm. what would be your advice? For me, uh, of course, I, have, I do have experience in both. Services, uh, uh, obviously, you are looking at uh, something which is uh, uh, it, it's a narrow thing, right? You have a customer, the customer says there are certain things that you need, and then you provide him a solution, you are done, right? So you, you follow all the agile methodologies, the testing and all that, make sure that the requirements are taken care of, and then you basically uh, deliver it to the customer and he's happy with that. But here on the product, you are actually looking at somebody, an unknown customer or an unknown set of customers. So challenges are different. How you actually uh, um, arrive at what your product actually should contain, right? What you have is uh, a comparable product. And you want to make sure that your product is something different from the comparable product, right? Uh, so it's, it's, uh, uh, ideation becomes a major, major uh, challenge as far as products are concerned. Because any idea that you come up with, you go on Google, you find out 100 people who have already tried that. And so to actually come up with something which is, uh, uh, which is new, either because it is a, a completely new in terms of uh, uh, what it offers, or uh, it is new in terms of how you offer it to the customer. Mm. Right? That becomes a challenge, actually. And you are looking at customers who are not your customers. You don't even know them. So how do you basically understand the challenge and then be able to uh, do it? So it is definitely, a, there is a, a different need, different requirement as far as uh, uh, moving into a product uh, mode. From a service mode, if you want to move into a product mode, the, the thought process is completely different actually. And so to be able to actually conceptualize your product and be able to come up with something which is, you know, the way you deliver it to the customer is, is definitely uh, challenging actually. So you need to spend your time obviously in that. But unfortunately, the, the, the product also, there's a, there's a window of opportunity. You cannot miss that, right? So you need to keep all that in mind. The windows of, window of opportunity and your, uh, you know, the, the, the way you actually ideate and uh, get what you need to do and also to see how you, you can deliver it to the customer. In the process, uh, make money for the customer, for, the, for yourself. Uh, so it is a challenge, actually. It's a big challenge. So you, it has to be a completely different uh, mentality when you actually get into a, a product uh, mode from a service mode. Service mode is today. So any today's technology, today's requirement, I'm able to give, everything is fine. But when you get into a product, you're not looking at just today. You're looking at tomorrow, day after tomorrow, not just the requirements, also the product, the technology. Uh, because you need to keep with the technology and you know, how it's going to grow 
And so you cannot be redeveloping your uh, product every time the technology changes, right? So you need to make sure that those things, so both there's a challenge as far as technology is concerned, there's a challenge as far as business is concerned when you're getting into uh, product mode. Whereas in the services, it is, I think, more, uh, the challenge is more in finding customers. But once you find a customer, then it is fairly clear, actually. The, the definition is very clear how you actually handle it. So that's, that's what I think. Good. On that note, uh, we're really out of time for this conversation, Raja. Thanks a lot for sharing your, your uh, experiences, particularly the lessons learned and what you would probably do differently if you were to do it again. Thank you. Thank you for giving this opportunity, Joe. We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.